You're listening to Podcasting Paradigms with David Truss. This is Mike Slinger sharing our Educon experience. Walking along the roads, carrying these stones, looking for some place to rest our weary bones, tearing stories and singing songs, and we create the place we map along. I'm here with Mike Slinger, who I've known since 1998 when we started teaching together. We taught together for eight years. He is now Mike Slinger7 on Twitter, and he has just recently started his own blog at mikeslinger.ca. Mike, tell us a bit more about you. Well, uh, I taught, uh, as you said, at uh, Como Lake with you for eight years. And uh, after I taught there, that was middle school, I taught grade six and seven, the folks on math and science and PE. And then the move to staff development department was a numeracy support teacher. And I had the opportunity to work with teachers in multiple uh, schools in our district, all middle schools. And we just worked on, uh, you know, just improving math practice, how we teach and doing things that weren't in the textbook, problem solving. I was dead, did a lot of demonstrating of you know, how we can play with math in the class as opposed to uh, just you know, doing questions and traditional lessons. And then uh, moved on to administration. I've been a vice principal at two middle schools, Maple Creek, in, uh, for two years. And I am now in the middle of my third year at Scott Creek Middle School. And yes, I worked. I did work with Mike for uh, eight years, but uh, in the ninth year, he was also my numeracy support teacher and challenged me to do a lot of big questions. And uh, I especially enjoyed doing questions that didn't necessarily have one specific answer, which was something that you continually challenged me to do. So Mike and I are driving home from the Educon conference in Philadelphia, just an amazing conference, and. Mike, if I, you could just tell me a few of your takeaways from the conference. Well, first off, it was it was a fantastic conference. It was excellent to meet a lot of the different people that uh, I've engaged with on my my uh, PLN, and it was nice to meet some of them face to face. And it was also nice to uh, walk around with you, Dave, a bit of a celebrity that you are on uh, in your PLN. So it was uh, an opportunity for me to meet people I probably would not have met before. So thank you for that. But in terms of Educon, uh, I thought it was a very, uh, I was very intrigued by the concept of the Science Leadership uh, Learning Academy, sorry, and uh, having an opportunity to see how an inquiry-based school is, will function. Uh, we definitely tried, tried to do some similar things at Scott Creek. We really have been emphasizing project-based learning uh, the last couple of years, but seeing a school that's fully in entrenched in it and using it through the whole school was was quite amazing. Uh, There's a number of things I took away. Um, I guess the two words that jumped out at me that I hadn't really used in my conversations up till uh, this weekend was uh, curation and disruption. And uh, I found those quite interesting. And I think uh, disruption 
was something that was talked about a lot, and I think in the United States, it's it comes from the context of the standardized testing and 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 pushing that envelope and having people come in and and sort of buck the test in terms of you know may not teaching to the test or not doing the test. I heard in some radical cases, uh, but that would be putting their their jobs in in jeopardy. But there was definitely a lot of talk and unrest around the concept of standardized testing so the focus was on disrupting the status quo in the in the US and I think that when I look at it from a BC perspective and in my school or in our district I think the disruption comes from taking risks and doing things that you haven't done before and being okay with not knowing what will happen and hoping that uh, we'll have more and more educators go down that path because I definitely think that uh, you know there's been so much change in the world that and I don't think education has necessarily kept up so we definitely need to disrupt something to try and close that gap uh, the other word just to, just to pause there one, one of the interesting things is how different it is in, in the US I mean I think of us uh, at, at our middle school we we're a bunch of young teachers and you know we would do, do things like let's shut down all our core curriculum for two weeks so we can have a renaissance fair at grade eight and we didn't have to worry about the idea that we were disrupting anything we just made the choice and, and went ahead so so that vocabulary really doesn't fit here because we got we got to play and disrupt without thinking about our jobs being on the line or whether test scores were going to go down and I think that that's a real advantage that we've had in moving forward here. Absolutely. Um, I think the curation or, or, or being a curator was quite uh, something I had to get my head wrapped around. I wasn't quite sure what it, we were talking about. And I think as the weekend progressed, I started. I was able to ask a few more questions and just hear more conversation. I guess with uh, something that uh, Tom Accord mentioned to me, in one of our conversations, it's not, it's not good enough to be uh, have web literacy or internet literacy, things like that, that we talk about a fair bit, making sure. We need to make sure that we are transmedia literate. And, and that's a giant step, I think, because what it references is it's not just about being able to find information on the web, which we try to do and be able to determine whether it's, it's, a, it's a real source of information or something fabricated, but we need to now be able to tie those sources of information together through social media, through uh, sites like Tumblr and Flickr and all of these different mediums of media that so many teachers are not familiar with, yet our students are using them on a daily basis outside of school. And uh, to be able to tie all that information together is now becoming our role as educators. From a teacher standpoint, how do we curate the information to bring important information together for a project or an inquiry study? As administrators, how do we curate information that's relevant to our teaching staff and the directions that they want to go or to our parent community and helping them understand the direction we're trying to go with the teaching in the building when it's not something that they've got any reference points to because that wasn't the way they were educated. So the role of a curator is quite interesting. I think that over the next, you know, several months, I will be trying to 
dive a little deeper into that and see what my role as a curator is or maybe evaluate if I am a curator of information or not. I think another piece of that too is um, is having students be curators of the information um, and collecting uh, information, ideas, and, and for that matter, people. And for me, that that's that's the, a little bit of a jump that I had here is, you know, I, I've been curating things on Scoop It. I have thousands of bookmarks on on uh, Delicious and Deagle to where I save things and, and collect um, and share. And share. Um, but when I start to connect with people in my uh, network, like um, Dean Shresky, who I've known for six plus years, one of the first bloggers I ever read, he lives in Canada and I only just met him on this trip. Uh, I really started to realize I, I've curated people as well. And I have access to information around education that thousands of people don't because of the network that I've curated. Um, another point that you mentioned was uh, the idea between good teaching versus tech and tools. Yeah, I think that that's a, it's a real battle because I think in many ways some people still are, are resistant to technology in terms of it's such a big conversation item and a lot of people well not a lot of people there are still many teachers that see technology as a four-letter word and uh, and I think you know when I've gone to various conferences whether it be uh, BLC with Alan November or now with uh, um, Educon there's so much there is a lot of discussion around technology but when I'm sitting in and having those discussions at the root of it all is just good teaching uh, because technology doesn't change the teaching. The teaching needs to change so that you can add the technolo technological tools to help become, students become curators or creators of information. One of the big takeaways that I had uh, in the session this morning was um, uh, making sure that we're not asking questions that we have the answers to. We need to start asking questions of students that we don't have the answers to. And that reference back, you know, I started, I guess I was doing that in the math before I knew what I was doing. <laughs> and, uh, and seeing that sort of come around now and looking at it on a bigger scope, bigger project, bigger um, investigation or inquiry study by students and seeing them go and, and giving them the safety and the flexibility to make mistakes learn from their mistakes and, and go forward in a different direction that's where we're really going to see the learning and the teaching needs to support that and what will happen is as the teachers start to go down that path of, of inquiry with students they will start to recognize that they they need to start opening their their minds to bringing in some of these other tools that are available whether it be a traditional library whether it be a computer that has internet access or it's a phone with uh, iMovie built right in kids can go take video so that's sort of where I was going uh, with that conversation and and, and the thing is I, I, what I really like about that is when you talk about good teaching it's funny just from mentioning the Renaissance Fair that's something where you know we, we had students creating two projects um, over um, over a matter of just two weeks and you know we asked them an underlying question that they had to answer for English about what is humanism and it and it their answer varied depending on what they were studying 
and the influence of their teacher but also the research that they did but it didn't have any one answer um, and on that note you know I I had people studying Leonardo da Vinci and looking at inventions well I didn't need technology for that and yet as I got into technology I started trying blogging and then I watched the students go online and instead of having a written journal like Da Vinci, they actually had an online one. And what they started to do was they started to challenge each other and ask questions that I would normally ask them in the classroom. And they took over the learning. So the, the technology added added a component of empowering them that it, I couldn't have done without it. And so again, it, it comes to the fact that it's really not about the technology, it's about taking, sort of leveraging the tools you have available to you and now the tools are so amazing to have kids be social learners and to have an audience and so on so I think that's a, that's a really exciting thing um, another thing that that you touched on that I hadn't really thought about was uh, from this was the idea of care for versus care about yeah this one was quite interesting this really stuck out again again it was something that just came up in conversation this morning uh, I think it was discussed at a session that I wasn't at, but when I had the discussion with the with the teacher, I believe it was Amy Nichol this morning uh, from Kelowna, and uh, she mentioned this care for as opposed to care about, and I was like, what does that really mean? And it it was uh, it was something that I think Chris Lehman had spoke about in a session earlier in the weekend, saying that the reason the inquiry works at SLA is because they care for the students. They don't care about the students. For example, it's easy to care about global warming, but unless you take action, you're not really caring for global warming. You just care about it. So, in order to care for, you need to take take action. And from a from a school standpoint, what that would mean is you need to make an effort to care for your student, to make sure that you understand what makes them tick, make sure you understand what questions that are burning inside of them in order to really pull out what you need from an inquiry model type of education. So it just really stuck me. It's just such a simple change of word, and most of us would brush it off as insignificant, yet when you put it in that perspective, it's... It's considerable. <laughs> the one other thing that you mentioned was the importance of questions and time. Yeah, that was that was a great session. That was uh, that we saw on uh, the first day with led by uh, David Jakes and uh, Christian Long and Denise, Laura, Laura Laura Deasley. Laura Deasley, and uh, basically they were just talking to us about design. Uh, the thing that really jumped out at me is the activity that they had us do is we had three real-life problems from three real-life teachers, things that they were dealing with in their classroom or in their school. And uh, then we broke off into groups and we had to uh, ask questions. We weren't allowed to solve the problem and it was amazing how difficult that was because as educators we're so quick to jump to I can solve that, I've got an idea, I've got this, I've got that. And this exercise was very difficult because we weren't really, there was no intent to ask or to solve the problem. 
all we were supposed to do is ask more questions. And the teachers that had the real life problems were available for us to ask questions of so that we would get a better understanding. And I just, what really struck me was how hard it was not to throw out ideas and solutions. And but by the end of the exercise, which was probably 30 minutes, we had really gone quite deep into the problem and we knew a lot about the problem from many angles and we'd had some good uh, good discussion and dialogue around the questions um, inevitably we all threw out some ideas as well but at the end of it that whole process of just asking questions about what do we think about what are we wondering what do we wonder about this problem what more do we need to know about this problem and the one that jumped at me is, is this ongoing pro, uh, debate in, in our schools, and I know specifically in mine, about whether or not to allow students to use mobile devices with freedom in the school. And currently at my school, we don't allow it inside the morning bell and the afternoon bell unless it's under the instruction of the teacher. So the teacher can use it if they want to in the class, but during recess and lunch and during free time, the phones need to be away. And I'm just drives me nuts because I collect phones as part of my job. I'm a phone collector. I'm a curator of phones. Um, but uh, I'm wondering if we had a staff discussion like that where we could only ask questions. Those people that are just dead set against it saying, no, it can't work because of this XYZ, they wouldn't be allowed to, in this exercise, they wouldn't be allowed to say why it's not going to work. All they could do is ask questions. And I think it would be fascinating and to give it a little bit of time and not be so quick. You know, here's a problem, here's a, here's an idea, here's a solution, problem solved. So that, that was quite intriguing. We'll see where it leads. Yeah. And, and for me, because I'm writing a post on this, it's the depth of the question that makes asking more questions more important. If you're asking a very trivial question, then you don't need to ask questions about that. You can just sort of come to a conclusion. But if you're, you know, if you've got a deep or profound question, if you're not asking more questions about it, and more specifically, if you're not allowing your students to ask more questions about it, then you're really not allowing them to dig deeper and to understand the greater scope of what these big questions are. And so as you move to inquiry, I'm starting to realize that um, the most important thing we need to do is encourage students to ask more questions as opposed to sit there and try immediately to answer. So overall, Thoughts on the on the conference? Lots to think about. It's uh, it's great. And now what I need to do is I need to take away and process and think what what do I think now? <laughs> How has this impacted you know my thoughts and, and my ideas on what I view as uh, as the uh, vision of where I should put my energies to direct and influence the education in the in the environments that I work in um, and then in a real sense what what can I do over the next uh, when I go to school tomorrow everyone wants to know what you know, why was I away for four days and what did I learn and uh, I need to figure out which little nuggets I, I want to share right off the bat at this point that might might be able to start some conversations at school that's great, and I'll just end with a very personal thank you for being uh, an amazing tour guide. I got to see far more of uh, Philadelphia than I ever would have, and a uh, hockey game because 
you know you checked it out so thank you so much for um being such a great travel buddy second second time we've done this and i know we're gonna travel again all right well thanks for uh, letting me be a groupie <laughs> take care when we met i told you my story now i said rap when you told yours made our lives up out of some Inarticulate perfect glory Laid our rocks on the opposite shore